Hello, everybody. Welcome into the NBA front office show. We've got a ton to talk about today. A lot of things going on in the NBA, including a major front office move up north with the Minnesota Timberwolves. Plus, why are stars hitting the trade market more than ever right now? We're going to break that down. We also have some minor moves to get into around the NBA. Don't forget, subscribe right here to the NBA front office YouTube channel. We are trying to pump those subscribers up as much as we can before the season starts. So everybody can join into the fun because we've got a lot planned for the regular season. And don't forget as well to hit that notification bell. Keith, how are you doing, man? I'm doing well, man. Yeah, uh, news broke while I was in the car line, as it tends <laughs> to do, uh, for school pickup that Gerson Rosas is out as the uh, uh, head of the front office for the Minnesota Timberwolves. Uh, he's only been there a few years. He is now out and in his place is Sachin Gupta. Uh, if you're listening to this show or watching this show, I guarantee you have used one of Sachin Gupta's uh, creations and maybe didn't know it. He was the one who created and built the trade machine at ESPN.com uh, before joining into uh, various front offices. He had worked uh, with Houston as well as with Philadelphia before joining Rosas in uh, Minnesota. So he's going to be at least the interim leader of the front office and a little bit of chaos here with uh, less than a week to go before training camp. And clearly this was uh not something the players were aware of because none other than their franchise player, Carl Anthony Towns, tweeted, uh, we'll keep it family friendly here on the front office show, WTF. Uh, I assume everybody knows what that means. Go look it up if you don't. Uh, <laughs> but it is, uh, yeah, it was not, uh, that definitely clearly caught him off guard. Uh, as it sounds like it did most players, it sounds like Rosas was in the building today as players are, most players are already in their markets mm -hmm. doing workouts or uh, gathered together somewhere else. And I think the Lakers are like Heading to Vegas. Las Vegas or something. Yeah, they are. So, yeah. So the teams are pretty much together. It's like the un, un or no informal start to training camp here, but yeah. Uh, major changes coming down the pipe in Minnesota. So, is this just wolves being wolves? I mean, I, there there must be something more to this. Like, why let Rosas go through the entire offseason, make all your major decisions, including some recent ones, like I don't know the Patrick Beverly trade, and then suddenly yeah. decide, oh no, okay, we'll see you later. Now that he's made all the big moves of the offseason and put this team together, now they get rid of like. Not only is it the fact that he hasn't had that much time at the helm in Minnesota that's weird, but the timing of the move in terms of the NBA calendar, that's also very strange. Yeah, yeah I mean, this is also the team that let a coach go midseason last year and hired a new coach off another team's bench as their coach. That's just not something we usually see. Right. So that was an odd situation. So, yeah, it there's... It'll all come out eventually. Yeah. It always does. Someone will get the scoop, whether that be John Krasinski, who's close to that team. He works for the Athletic, uh, or at Shams, or Woj, or Jake Fisher's had some reporting. But there's been some rumblings that there have been maybe some questions about his future there and that. But nobody ever led that to he was going to be fired and let go, uh, especially you know less than a week out from yeah. camp starting. I, I think. My guess is there's probably pressure on one side or the other, either ownership, and that's changing over too, right? Glenn Taylor selling the team to, to Mark Laurie and uh, Alex Rodriguez. Did they want to 
get it into a position where, hey, go push all in, go make a Ben Simmons trade. And Rosas didn't want to. Did he want to continue to build the way he wanted to build or vice versa? Did he want to push mm-hmm. in? And they were like, yeah, we're not really comfortable with taking on that much salary or something along those lines. So we'll, we'll find out eventually. My guess is whether it was Ben Simmons related or not, it was something related to that. It was a different, clearly a uh, difference in vision for building this team going forward. And my, uh, I'll delve into opinion part now here is when you own a team, it is 100% your right to fire and hire people as you see fit. As long as you meet the terms of the contract, whatever was guaranteed mm-hmm. to them. My thing is you don't do it like this. This is who, who does this benefit? This benefits absolutely no one. Uh, unless he was walked in and said, uh, you know what? I'm going to trade Carl Anthony towns and right. D'Angelo Russell and all our draft picks and ruin the franchise. Well, of course you're not going to allow that to happen. And all owners in the end, I don't think how many people realize all owners sign off on the trades before they're, they're official. Anyway, that's kind of the last step you got to get. Mm-hmm. Most owners say, Hey, if that's what you think is best, let, let's go. Uh, but we do have a uh, history of places where players then talk to the owner and they've said, all right, no, let's not do it. And it's falling apart, but whatever. But unless that was the case, but then it just doesn't make sense to do this now. This timing is is weird. It's it's really, quite frankly, kind of awful yeah. for everybody involved. You let them go through a whole offseason. You could have done this you know, two months ago at the, when the season was wrapping up and, and moved forward then and and had somebody kind of in line with you with how you wanted to build this team going forward versus having someone that clearly just weren't on the same page with. You you let him bake the whole cake and then right before anybody was a, was about to take a bite, you fired the chef. That's that's what that's what has happened here. And it's it's just it's not a good look for the wolves. So it is interesting to see what happens here. And then of course from a league wide perspective, what does this mean for the wolves pursuit of Ben Simmons? Does this enhance their pursuit? Was it because Rosas was not willing to include certain things and someone else will? Was it because he wanted to include certain things and, and the franchise did not want him to? Be interesting to see what the impact is in that situation. Speaking of which, though, Keith, we're seeing more and more often right now. There are superstars coming up on the trade market, and more stars are pushing for trades than ever before. And that has some negative effects, and it also has some positive. Bobby Marks wrote a great great piece for this uh, for ESPN. What, what's your take on this whole situation? Because we know now that extensions are more popular than they were just a few years ago, and almost no superstar was signing extensions just because they could make more money by becoming free agents. Yeah, previous CBA extensions rarely happened and they were more seen with non-max players mm-hmm. was where you would see them because you were limited to offering a player 107.5% of their their prior salary in an extension and raises could only be 7.5% off that first year extension number. In the new CBA, that changed to the, it, it's it's basically the greater of three numbers. It's either the max salary for the player, if if you can get all the way to that number, that's where it'll cap out at. It makes sense, mm-hmm. right? Clearly, um, or one hundred and twenty percent of their prior salary, or one hundred and twenty percent of the league average salary. That's the I call that the Dinwiddie. That's the extension that Spencer Dinwiddie signed, and, and a handful of other players have signed as well over the years. So. That alone makes it more lucrative, and it's also 8% raises, just like it would be with a new new deal. Mm-hmm. So what you used to always see is 
a player would ride it out with their current team and then re-sign with them because that was the only way to get up to the max money using their bird rights. Now with the extensions, everybody can get more money. So that's taken a massive amount of good free agents off the market in recent years. Uh, Giannis last year, LeBron signed an extension. Um, Kevin Durant Mm -hmm. just signed a new extension. Aaron Gordon just did one just the other day. Paul George did one. Uh, So we're starting to see this has become a tool where veteran players in this is, let's be very clear. This is very different than the rookie scale extensions. Uh, That has largely remained unchanged with, with the exception of the designated player and all that kind of stuff. But with these extensions, it's just far more lucrative for veteran players to re up. And part of what that leads to as an agent told Bobby Marks and highly recommend if you have ESPN plus go read Bobby's Mm -hmm. piece on this because it was very well done and explains basically what the landscape is and why free agency, meaning true free agency, not the time of year free agency, but true free agency players moving via being a free agent, why that has died off the last couple of years. He explains that. And part of it is these extensions and part of what an agent told him is, You take the money, and then if you're not happy in a year or two, you ask for a train. Mm -hmm. To add to that, Zach Lowe, also of ESPN, on a podcast with Bobby Marks, again, a really good listen. If you don't have ESPN Plus to read the article, they talk a lot about what's in the article on that uh, recent uh, Lowe post. Zach talked about how a team even told him they pitched a superstar player on just sign the extension. If it's not working out, we'll trade you a couple years in and we'll Mm -hmm. work with you. So... Clearly, that's where we're at now in the league. It is take the money now. And if you're a player, as long as you trust that the team will or you have the wherewithal to pull a Simmons, you why not grab the money then? Because it's it's kind of the old saying, right? And I'm going to dip into one of my dad's sayings Uh-oh. here is a bird in the hand is worth two in the bush, mm-hmm. right? Is, you know, if you got it, you might as well take it. And for, it's important to remember too, for a lot of these guys, it's still, you're talking, their rookie scale contract is clearly life-changing money, but coming, you're talking hundred to $200 million contracts. There's a reason why people don't pass those up. Yeah, I mean, not not bad if you can if you can get that for sure. Yeah. And, yeah, and you, mean, you look around like we, we would turn it down because of course you know now that we're we're doing better here on front office, right. we're clearly rolling in the deep, as they say. That's but right. it's uh, it's good. <laughs> you know, when you look around too, there's cautionary tales around the NBA of players who did not take the extension and should have. I mean, we had one even just this this summer with Dennis Schroeder who didn't take an extension when they should have. So. I get the idea here, but there's a negative side to this. And that is that because this is the the school of thought now is take the money, figure out the location later. And that's not necessarily something new, really. That's that concept has been around for quite a while now. But but the idea of take the money and figure out your location later, if that's what it comes to, that creates a disconnect with fans. Like right now, so many Philadelphia fans are irate with the Ben Simmons situation and what's going on there. And especially because he's got four years under contract and people are saying this is ridiculous and it's agencies versus the franchises and, and how awful this is and the NBA has to do something and on and on and on. I think we're forgetting in all of this that the other way was way worse for franchises where a player would 
financially be incentivized to get free get to free agency and then the team is just left sitting there keeping their fingers crossed hoping the guy comes back and if they don't they're left with nothing there's a reason yeah. why teams tell these guys hey we will trade you if things aren't working out just come to us work with us we'll work with you because then they're going to get something in return teams understand that the worst case scenario as uncomfortable as it is as frustrated as fans are the worst case scenario is not what's happening with philadelphia and ben simmons right now with the worst case scenario is the guy gets to free agency and leaves and the team gets nothing philadelphia will get something for ben simmons maybe it's not quite what they want but they're going to get something and that is better than the way things used to be Mark it down, guys. What are we, 10, 15 minutes into the show? We rarely disagree. And I'm going to disagree. All right, let's do it. <laughs> so now I'm disagreeing with the first part of your premise. Okay. Is that this isn't good for fans. It's it's not good for fans of a specific team. Yes. Right? So Philadelphia fans with Ben Simmons right now. For fans of the other 29 teams or just fans in general, people love trades. Mm-hmm. The best episodes we do, numbers-wise, are when we have a trade to talk about. Absolutely. When we have trade rumors to talk about. People love that. They, we talk, we open the show talking about the inventor of the trade machine. It exists solely because <laughs> people love trades. It is, it, and it's it's interesting because I, I, I wish I could remember who said it. It might have been uh, Bill Simmons, Jackie McMullen, and Zach Lowe did a podcast, too, which... As an aside, I'm going to go on a quick tangent here. If you have any interest in working in sports media, the last 10 to 15 minutes of that podcast was gold because they talked a lot about what it takes to really do it. Mm -hmm. And it's not just uh, fire off some hot takes into a mic or onto, you know, some virtual link somewhere and, you know, be that. They talked about putting the real work in and what that means and how you do that and all that stuff. So go listen to that. But I think it was on there that I believe it was Zach might have said, you go look all of the numbers of podcasts articles all those things off season blows it out of the water because yep. people love that we know our show our tent poles are the off season the trade deadline and then the draft leading into the next off mm -hmm. season we know that's when people are going to be most interested because that's what people get fired up about we totally get it so i don't know how much the nba really cares about this. I don't know if you could give them a truth serum in Adam Silver and his whole crew in the front office if they really would tell you, yeah, we don't care if Zion signs a new deal and then two years mm -hmm. in says I want traded because it's going to be a whole level of right we're gonna do it we're gonna talk about it every day like we have with ben simmons for the last month um you know sorry guys but we're gonna keep talking about it until something happens that's just the best um, example but, right now in this situation exactly yeah. so i don't know that they dislike it because i think it keeps it forefront it keeps it right on you yeah. know right out there and all that stuff so so that part of it i'll slightly push back on um but what you said coming back around is yeah, I think this is somewhat better than the old way of guy says, I'm leaving at the end of the time. And you get stuck with not a great package because it is the other team sure they're going to keep him mm -hmm. and all that. Not all of these are work out the way Anthony Davis did no. where he, I'm going to the Lakers. Like a Houston. Like that's going one way or another. I'm going there. Yeah. yeah it's sometimes it is. 
all right, we'll take a shot on trading for the guy. And then the guy walks and leaves that team. And now you lost what you traded for him right. and the player. And that can reduce the initial package and all those things. If a player's got two, three years left, I, and I get it. I don't love the idea of a year or two into a contract saying, mm-hmm. I don't want to be here. But if if the team, I always say this, if the team's going to turn around and trade you as they see fit, I don't have a real huge problem with the player saying, I don't really like the way this is going either. I would, I wouldn't. I wouldn't mind being traded. I don't like the whole thing of sitting out and not showing up and all that. That's, that's not great, but that that's a different kind of situation. We rarely see that. So, yeah, so that that was a very long piece there, but yeah, that it it is. Teams are a little bit better off the Simmons situation aside, because usually you end up getting a pretty good return uh, package for a player who's already under contract. Well, and this is why, right? Those those returns have gone up. This is why you're getting a million yeah. picks for Paul George, and and the Lakers are giving up yeah. all they did to get Anthony Davis. I still have no idea how the Nets got James Harden for what they did, but this is why yeah. you're seeing those those go up is because teams are realizing, hey, these guys aren't hitting free agency. We're not going to get them any other way. We've got to make sure we trade. And what I'm saying with the yep. with the whole issue with the fans, it's the disconnect between the player and the fans of that specific team because it's an emotional sure. response. Because if you're a fan of that specific yep. team, it's, what do you mean? We've been cheering for this guy for the last few years, and now he wants to leave? It, there's It's almost like a breakup, right? And so there's that, yep. that kind of emotional response and that negativity there when I think if you step back... You have to realize, like, as much as, like, Philly fans are going to boo Ben Simmons, and sure, we can argue that he's got four years under contract and all that kind of stuff, and as much as Anthony Davis gets booed whenever he goes to New Orleans, again, the worst thing that could have happened is these guys walk for nothing. Them saying, hey, hey, I need to to go, and again, the Ben Simmons thing, maybe we should set that aside because he's got four years under contract that changes things. The guys who have a year left, and they go to the franchise ahead of time, and they say, listen... Uh, I'm not planning on staying just to be upfront about everything and I'm going to leave uh, next off season. So if you guys want to try and get something for me, you know, go for it. I'm, I'm open to that. I don't have a problem yep. with that type of situation. I understand that's going to be biased because the Lakers got Anthony Davis and I cover the Lakers and everything. But again, the alternative is the guy keeps his mouth shut and just strings the team along and then walks in free agency and the team is worse off for it. So I think this is much, much better. Again, it's just that hurdle from the fan perspective and, you know, fans are fanatics for a reason, right? But that emotional reaction, I think sometimes clouds the truth here in that the team is best off when the superstar player does ask for a trade, even if it is, even if it hurts people's feelings. Yeah. And, and I have two general thoughts on that. I think the NBA, maybe more than any other professional sport, has a fairly large fan base that is fans of players yeah, versus teams. True. So they'll root for whatever team LeBron is on. Right? I know, I personally know people who were Cavs fans, Heat fans, Cavs fans again, and they're now Lakers fans because yep. they love LeBron. Uh, there's there's a lot of people, I think, that are like that. Uh, so, I again, I don't know that the NBA dislikes that, right? Because as long as you're watching and you're buying jerseys and shirts and everything else, it, it all counts mm-hmm. the same in, in their minds. Now, on the flip side, sometimes I think we get a little too uh, sky is falling, you know, oh, no, this is all horrible. Because I feel like for every guy who pulls a I want out, mm-hmm. we have another guy who stays and stays for great success. Yeah. Giannis, for example, stayed. They won a championship. Now he's under contract. 
Damian Lillard, and people can come and say, well, we don't even know if he's going to stay. Well, he's already stayed, he stayed for, for a long for a time. <laughs> like, yeah, and, and I have no issue with the guy. If he's got four years left, three years left, whatever Dame will have left, whenever he mm-hmm. finally, if assuming he does say hey, I, the words I want to trade, I don't have any issue because he's already done the best. He, he gave you the best years of his career mm-hmm. trying to win there. So, but again, he stayed a long time. Bradley Beal has stayed a long time. It's the guy who, like Simmons, where you're a year into your second contract, where it gets a little rough. Now, that's a again, that's a weird situation because yes. the team kind of crapped all over him, and it unique. just that that one's very different. But yeah, I don't. Those are weird. We don't usually see that a year mm-hmm. or two in. It's usually when you are. You've got a year or two left is when a guy will start chirping a little bit on that second contract. But generally, I tend to kind of agree with the player because it's not like, you know what, we've won three championships in the last four years and I'm just not happy here with my max deal and competing for titles all the time. The the next guy who does that's going to be the first guy who does that. It's usually the guy who's second, third, fourth on the team that will be like, I want to know if I can do it. Like, can I lead my own team or something like mm-hmm. that? That's where kind of came out of with Kyrie, right? Where it was, hey, I want my own team. I want to you know, go somewhere else, and I don't want to be here in L.A. anymore. So that's where I think I, I, I struggle with. I don't want to get too deep into this is this massive problem, and it sucks, no. and it's got to be fixed. Maybe you do something as far as if you sign one of those designated deals, which were put in solely with the idea of keeping guys home. Maybe you do put a two-year trade restriction on it. So you can't have a thing team or player-wise where a year in, it's like, this just doesn't work. But I don't know that either teams or the player's side wants that because what if it's just not working or the guy gets hurt and you want to move on? It's the idea of limiting player movement has always been something that the players association has fought for. Mm -hmm. And I think the NBA teams and the league as a whole have come around to more and more over the last couple of years, as far as, yeah, this isn't a bad thing. You know, player movement isn't bad because again, people care right, wrong or indifferent. People care about this league more in the off season and with trades and all Mm -hmm. that other stuff to a large extent, more than they do in the regular season. And to some extent, more than they do even in the playoffs. Yeah, I mean that's that's true, and, and it's, there's I can't from from seeing the numbers myself across whether it's Lakers Nation, whether it's here on our show. Yeah, look, the off season is that's our best time, right? When we get all of the trade stuff going on, all the stuff to to break down in free agency and all of that, and the NBA sees that and they know that, and fans are excited about that. I think the only issue is just the optics of it, where people see like hey well this guy's trying to leave our city he's trying to leave our team well well then we don't like him and you're gonna get all this you know we're gonna burn his jersey now and all all this kind of stuff (laughs) it's just the it's the optics of it that's really the problem here right i mean that's that's the 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 issue and like you said it might not even be that big of an issue like having these debates the NBA might be perfectly okay with that. Just like they, they don't really define exactly what an all-star is or define what an MVP yep. is because they want people to have these <laughs> debates and have the, this discussion. Exactly. So I agree. I yep. don't think the NBA is going to is gonna change much about uh, about this situation. Now, again, the Ben Simmons thing might be a little bit different. Maybe that thing gets so ridiculous and the 76ers just sit him out. And, okay, maybe there's a point where they, like, step in there and that gets to be a big problem. We're not there yet, though. We're not there yet. Sure. But in general, yeah. I don't think the NBA yep. is going to see this 
as a big problem around the league. Yep. Yeah, I will say a couple other things just to add a little context yeah. here. Uh, these these notes are all from Bobby Marks of ESPN. Uh, out of 33 All-Stars from the 2020 and 2021 uh, All-Star groups, mm-hmm. only five have switched teams via free agency. So that's the last two years of free agency. So that's very few. Yeah. Uh, 26 All-Stars from the past two years are under contract through at least the 2023-24 season. So again, that leads to these long-term deals and these extensions. Mm-hmm. 40 veteran extensions under the current CBA, including 11 this offseason, compared to in the entire life of the prior CBA, which was the 2011 CBA, which lasted six years, 15 extensions. So just to give a little numbers behind what we were just talking about, these are things that are going to be around uh, now, and it's probably not going to change anytime soon. We'll right. see if the cap spike changes things, and if there is a cap spike or just even the cap going up, well, what does that always look like? Um, I think you're right, and I'm really curious, NBA front office viewers slash listeners, what do you guys think about this situation? Give us yeah. your, give us your take. This is a fun topic. So yeah, give us hate it? give us yeah. your take yep. in the comments section Agreed. down below. If you're over here on the NBA Front Office YouTube channel, if you're listening to the podcast version of it, put it in a review. Give us your thoughts on this topic about uh, about stars opting to be traded, signing their contracts, and then asking for trades later rather than hitting free agency, which is what we saw under the previous CBA. Give us your take in the comments section. I'm really curious to see exactly how fans see this issue. But, uh, Keith, let's let's move into a rapid-fire round here. Uh, a few minor moves around the NBA. That's oh. the Ben Simmons alert. Uh-oh. Do you like it? I like it. Ben Simmons alert. Let's do that first. Okay. Um, we'll make this very quick. Uh, Doc Rivers was on first take today. Okay. With Stephen A. Smith. And he basically said a lot of stuff that is uh, maybe doesn't That's ring exactly right. true. Um, <laughs> I didn't know you were going to do that siren thing. I thought, like, I thought they were on to you, man. I thought they were coming to get you or something. <laughs> That was good, right? That was pretty Slid good. that in there. I was yeah. not expecting Maybe we'll that. Maybe we'll bring that back as the uh, breaking news alert or I something like, it. like that. Uh, so here were some of the snippets of Doc Rivers' time. Uh, Philly's not giving up on Ben Simmons. Uh, he did confirm Simmons has told 76ers front office leaders as well as Doc he doesn't want to be there anymore. Uh, Doc still said we would love to get Ben back. We want him back. Uh, Doc then said, this is the one where <laughs> this one doesn't exactly ring uh, super true, but his post game seven remarks on Simmons were misrepresented. Uh, you said it, my man. We all saw the video. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, he said Simmons biggest issue remains his free throw shooting. Philadelphia has hired both a free throw coach and a shooting coach to help. Did they not do that before? <laughs> did you did you not have a shooting coach for the last few years or yeah. what? Um, then Stephen A. finished it with, how much pressure do you feel to get things right with Ben Simmons and get him back? Mm-hmm. And Doc chuckled, paused, and said, um, let's say I slept well last night. We just, and then he went on to, you know, we're in camp now. We have a chance to get back at it, blah, 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 blah. So okay. there it is. That's the, uh, there's your Ben Simmons update. Uh, nothing from Simmons' side of no. 
course at this point, but it is, uh, yeah. Walking things back just a little bit there, or attempting to, anyway. So, yeah, it's, uh, yeah. All right. Um, All right. Well. It's moving to some transactions. Rapid fire round here. Uh, Keith, your Celtics, massive move. Theo Pinson, come on down. That's it. 18, hang it now. <laughs> we can just go straight to the next offseason. No, it's a camp deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pinson was with the Nets and Knicks the last uh, three years, two years with the Nets, one year with the Knicks. He is starting to get the profile of what I like to call a 4A guy. That's a baseball term for a guy who's too good for AAA but doesn't cut it in the majors. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pinson has been excellent in the G League and not so great in the NBA. But another camp body, bring him in. He still has one year of two-way eligibility left uh, as well as um, – uh, or he has more, but Juwan Morgan, who they also signed earlier in the offseason, has two-way eligibility. They only have one two-way spot filled. So my guess is they're going to kind of host a little bit of an open competition mm-hmm. for the last two-way spot because they don't have a standard roster spot uh, for, for a guy right now. So camp deal, didn't, nothing more, but you could do worse. He's also similarly sized to Jalen Brown. And Jalen Brown, although he said he will be ready for the start of training camp, they're not going to push him mm-hmm. very hard. No, no, uh, should they? You know, through through the preseason, yeah. If and that's assuming he even is cleared to go, we'll get clarity on that either later this week or beginning of next week at media day, I assume. Uh, but yeah, it'll be uh, it'll be you know just moving along here with, with Pinson. It's just a, a camp deal. Uh, likely next place we see him play is for the main Celtics in the G League. Jason uh, Randall joins the Suns. The other yeah. Randall. Yep, Chase. Yeah, no, another. Yeah, another Randall. Another point guard for the Suns. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've they've done well with these point guard reclamation projects. So maybe this will be one. My guess is probably not. Uh, likely will not make the team. But uh, but Chase and Randall was actually kind of a godsend for the Orlando Magic uh, last year in a period of time where it was a. Uh, I was uh, I was starting to run a couple laps around the neighborhood. Get my sneakers. Get, you're ready, getting ready. They might have needed a point guard. It <laughs> got a little rough there for the Magic at the end of the last year. Uh, but Randall came in and you know did the best he could as a uh, guy for the magic uh, down the stretch uh, running the offense uh the bulls pick up options for kobe white and patrick williams no surprise there i mean that was yep. that was a pretty much no nope. no-brainer yeah they would do that and let's be clear on those options those are 22 23 right. options those rookie scale team options have to be picked up mm. a year in advance uh the deadline is october 31st so you could technically get about a two-week look yeah. at the guys in the regular season but if they you knew need it. that at this point i'd question you're probably not in a very good place evaluating your talent uh but yeah it's um but yeah it's they become players two and three uh tyler hero was the first player to have his rookie scale option picked up we're gonna see a lot more of these over the next month as teams uh get get these done generally they tend to happen a little bit later from now but when it's a no-brainer like it is for white and williams you just get it done and move on for the no-brainer guys too like you're creating a problem for yourself if you don't just just yeah. pick it up immediately because yeah. then the players like yeah, just pick it up what do you mean what's going on why would you yeah. not just have i not prove it you know you create a problem so no reason not to just do that right now uh the dante yeah. exum contract keith had a little bit of weirdness to it yeah um so yeah, let's let's get into that yeah yeah, so Exum's deal um, has heavily uh, is 
bonus related. So his base salary for this season is only 2.5 million, okay. but his cap hit is going to be 5 million because he's got 2.5 million and likely incentives on that. And then he's got another uh, 375,000 in unlikely and in, in unlikely, unlikely incentives. Um, that was a tongue twister. <laughs> um, but he is. So what they did here was they I, I have not yet seen exactly what these incentives are. They're they've, they've got to be tied to something that happened to the previous season because mm-hmm. how these work is for an incentive to be likely it had to have happened the prior year for it to be unlikely. It didn't happen the prior right. year. That's as simple as it is. So if it is shoot 50% from the field, if you shot 49%, it's unlikely. If you shot 50% even, it becomes likely. My guess is this is probably something really silly, like five games played yeah. or something like that. Essentially what they did was they turned Dante Exum's contract for 21-22 into basically a $5 million walking trade exception. Um, because what you're set up here is the final two years of his deal, similar structures with just slightly less in the, the incentive side are fully non-guaranteed. So this tells me this is set up to, hey, if you play really well and you fit in with our guys here in Houston, we'll see that's kind of a crowded backcourt mm-hmm. now. But if it works, we got you on a really great team-friendly deal and we're thrilled. If it doesn't work, we've got $5 million in matching salary to throw into a trade and go get somebody who fits a little bit better or pick up picks or something like that. For what it's worth, Exum looked pretty good with Team Australia uh, last offseason after going through a lot of injuries over the past couple of years uh, with both Utah and then with Cleveland and then with Houston. He never actually even played for Houston last year following that trade. Uh, So, yeah, but just an interesting type of deal here. Uh, In case anybody's wondering, it counts as $5 million uh, in the trade uh, machines if you're you're out there playing with those, as has been a topic of discussion today. And then Frank Nilakina, who signed on with the Dallas Mavericks uh, got a two-year minimum deal and uh, interesting note there if you remember on a two years we learned with Marc Gasol if you didn't know already it bumps up to the actual minimum mm-hmm. versus the the uh, the two-year minimum um, or two years of service minimum I should say um, so yeah so he's going to get 1.8 million next year and then 2 million the year after but the year after fully non-guaranteed for Nilakina. so the Mavericks are kind of taking a one-year flyer on Nilakina. what's interesting though is they've now got 16 fully guaranteed contracts So they're going to have to eat a deal somewhere along the line. I'm sorry. They have 15, but Moses Brown is 500 K guaranteed. So we'll see. Do they move on from him? Do they move on from Trey Burke, Tyrell Terry? What happens there? It's, it's probably my guess is one of those three guys. I think Nilakina barring a disaster in training camp will make this team. And then the last, Contract of note, I wanted him on another point guard, Kevin Pangos, uh, who came over from overseas with the Cleveland Cavaliers. Uh, he signed a two-year contract, but it came out of the tax non-taxpayer mid-level for the Cavs um, because what they did was they gave him a bump to the two-year veteran minimum amount. Uh, in his first year. So he's an NBA rookie, despite the fact that he's been playing professionally for several years overseas. But my guess was to incent him to come over, 
they they gave him that bump up. Uh, Yeah, so they gave him a bump up there. So he's got about 1.7 this year. Uh, Then he's got 1.75 or, yeah, 1.75 next year. But that, like uh, Nilakina and like Exum, is uh, fully non-guaranteed as well for Kevin Pango. So we're, we're, uh, you know, seeing teams get a little creative. I I put this out on my Twitter if anybody wants to look at it. Uh, Very few veteran players – that didn't have overseas experience, undrafted players, I should say, not veteran players, very few undrafted players um, outside of Pangos and then Ishmael Wainwright of the Raptors got any guaranteed money this offseason. Mm-hmm. That's pretty uncommon. Usually guys will get somewhere between 10 and 50K with the idea of let's give them that money and then get them to our G League team. Right. And then they've, that kind of incents them to play there. Um, but, yeah, it is uh, – it, it is you know, um, you know, in, in a, in a little bit of a different situation there with, with those guys. So, uh, just a sign of the times, maybe uh team's still being a little cautious with handing money around. Yeah. Uh, oddly enough, Toronto who didn't play at home all of last year, they handed out the most, uh, guaranteed money on camp deals of anybody. Well, we'll see how that works out for the Raptors again. They're hoping that once they get actually back into Toronto, that's going to help them. And I have <laughs> yeah. a feeling that will help Soon. quite a bit. Yeah. But yeah, um, I think so as well. Yeah, a lot, a lot uh, to get One into. last one. Oh, there's more. Justin James, uh, who's with the Sacramento Kings. This one just came out uh, just while we were recording. Uh, so maybe I could have used the breaking news sign. I uh, missed, missed that, was, that was a chance. He... <laughs> he has signed a two-way contract with the Utah Jazz. Okay. They were one of the teams that had an open two-way. Uh, so Justin James, who had been with the Kings for a couple of years and looked kind of okay at various points at the end of seasons when Sacramento didn't have a lot to play for. Um, but he is uh, he is signing on with the uh, the Utah Jazz on a two-way. But that's it. All right. We are all caught up on transactions. So that's all the transactions at this point. There will be more. There will be more training camp just a few oh, days yeah. away. So there's going to be more stuff going on. Make sure you do, guys do subscribe right here to the NBA Front Office YouTube channel. If you listen to the podcast version of this, make sure you follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever it is that you're listening to podcasts. Don't forget to ring the notification bell. And, of course, like this video. Till next time, everybody, stay safe and see you.